to this week's episode on Addict Corner. I'm Oluwa Toby Lover, your host. <laughs> Alright, okay, so how was last week's episode? Well, you know what? You can send me an email to tell me how you enjoyed last week's episode. Trust me, you are going to have... I, I mean, I, I don't know, but I just feel like some people are just so itchy to either ask a question or make a suggestion or say something about last week's episode and i cannot wait to know what you think if you would if the episode was helpful for you that way we can know how many more psychologists we're going to be bringing on the show so that you can really get yourself all packed up onto perfection i would say or getting better with that it's gonna yay <laughs> anyway i had a blast last week i don't know about you but i really and she blessed me full-time kind of blessing and so this week we're going to be continuing last week's episode um yeah more like it yes so this week we're going to continue the interview and she's going to just talk about the issue of shame shame and addiction you know why people don't seek help why people choose not to seek help why people would rather suffer in silence rather than get themselves better you know it's it's really a huge um situation i'm, I'm just like why would you want to seek help a, a lot of people don't want to seek help a lot of people especially drug you know until it becomes really detrimental to health family people around them they really do not want to seek help it's like a thing that they would rather enjoy or it could be because they are ashamed of it but you're going to find all of that out in this week's episode so in a couple of seconds miss dorin is going to be back and she's going to be talking about the issue of um shame and yes a sneak peek for some of us if you're listening to this episode and you're counseling an addict or you have a loved one a friend a family that is an addict or was an addict yeah okay that is an addict and you've not you've not you've been looking for a way to help them out it's been so difficult this is the perfect episode to get that done i assure you you're gonna have a huge load of information to really help you out here anyway so thank you so much for joining this episode i love you um okay i know i sent you a couple of questions last week but i'm going to skip some questions because you basically just answered you know those questions already in- oh really yeah you have you know i think there was one i talked about can anyone become an addict and apparently you already showed that you know the, when you expose yourself to certain things and you bring yourself to um certain situations you you are likely to become an addict if you are not in the right mind and the rest of it so and you also talked about the coping mechanisms you already talked about how effective the moderation therapy can be for a person and how we can actually manage it and what you should do to cope with your addiction so now let's move to something that you just mentioned which i think um it's very important the issue of shame you know what why does it always play a large role i know it plays a large role it's a shameful thing yes but why is it that it's so intense that people do not want to take action why okay thank you very much mm. <laughs> so, the thing is um you see most times people miss um, um people take shame and guilt to mean the same thing okay. hmm. shame and guilt to mean the same thing yes but they are two different things 
and shame shame in addiction because we are talking about addiction too. Addiction is a feeling of not being good enough as maybe an action is higher. Mm. So most times and in addiction or rather in addict mm. shame can be caused by a wide range of things, a wide range of factors, mm. a wide range of reasons, you know. Because um like for instance a challenging social environment mm. could also be a cause of shame. When you are in an environment where you know people who are people who your your society you know the thing you're engaging with is not common around mm-hmm. and then you find yourself in a situation where you are addicted to this thing mm. and so this activity or this substance mm. so you 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 definitely feel ashamed of yourself and helpless. Mm. It's a shameful thing to be helpless. Mm. To be helpless. And it because it gives the person this deep feeling of inadequacy mm. and then a lack of worth mm. and when you feel you're worthless you wouldn't want to we wouldn't even want people to see you around you would see the need to also hide mm. and that's why most times you would find them you'll find them addicting incomplete feeling around mm. you'll find them in very terrible areas you know those lingos mm-hmm. either Those are the places where you find them mm. because mm-hmm. that is what, how they, they see themselves. Mm. So that's why they attach themselves. They are drawn to the kind of environment they think they look like and they feel like. Mm. So one of the major roles shame plays in addiction is that it stops the person from getting help. Mm. And shame manifests itself in many ways. And it makes it hard for addicts to even to and shame, shame. You know, sometimes this thing is caused by even the people that are around this person. Mm. Aside the society generally, mm-hmm. the immediate family. Mm. You know, your first contact. You know, shame can keep the person quiet. Yes. And it makes them bury their voice. It makes them bury their emotions. And it makes them avoid people. Mm. It also destroys their self-worth. And it, it makes them feel like, okay, their dreams are impossible. Because when you see that you can't stop this addiction, mm-hmm. you would see that every other thing is impossible around you. So you don't see the need to even try any other thing. So, like, this substance seems to be like, or this activity seems to be like, all you have to hold on to. Mm. So shame is a very terrible thing. And it, until one is able to conquer their shame, they may not be able to get help. Because I always tell patients that I can't help you if you don't open up. Mm. And most times, Shame makes that even when they come to you, even when maybe a loved one brings them to you, or maybe they decide to come on their own, they don't tell you everything. Mm. And I tell them, yes, I know I am a Christian. I know I have the Holy Spirit. 
Mm. He knows all things and he teaches me all things. But see, in this particular case, if you don't tell me, I am greatly limited. Mm. There is little I can do with because I'm watching with just the information you give me. So the level of help you get is totally dependent on what you release to me. Mm. So shame will make you hold back because you will think, ah, if I tell this person this thing, uh, what will he think of me? But someone who is not ashamed would accept his situation, would accept his condition, and would open up. Mm-hmm. No matter if you judge him or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. that's it about, about shame. Very, very interesting. And that is so, so true. So how can shame be managed for addicts, especially when they need to seek help? What what are they supposed to do if they need to, How can it be managed? I didn't get to. I said, how can shame be managed, especially when they need to seek help, when addicts need to seek help? How can it be managed? How can shame be managed? Yes. How can it be managed? Yes. How did it get to it? Okay, okay, I got it. Mm. Um, I always look at it that shame shouldn't be managed. Shame. People should heal from shame. People should heal from shame. Heal from shame. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Because you know, when you're managing something, you're trying to patch it up. Yeah. So, but if you heal from it, I mean, you know you're done with this thing and you're done with it, you leave it behind you. It's just like when you undergo a surgery for instance, mm-hmm. and let's say, uh, let's say, okay, when I was in secondary school then, there was a child that went home from school and got appendicitis um, surgery. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be a very minor surgery, but it was it cotton wool or something was left inside. Hmm. So when she returned back to school, um, you know, the um, whatever kept bleeding. Wow. You know, and then, yes, it, it was smelly. And the nurses that they did, they kept managing the situation. Hmm. Like cleaning it up, giving her care relievers, you know, and all that stuff. They were managing the situation. Did he feel her? No. Did he hmm. make her feel better for that moment? Yes, it did. But the woman. The, the, the effect of the painkillers leaves her. Begin to feel the pain again. So, so I always believe that people should heal from shame and not manage it. Mm. And one of the things to heal from it, in fact, the first step to this healing is, you know, you should address the root of your shame. Mm. It may seem very uncomfortable, but you just have to dig through it. It is also essential to understand that your feelings and how and how your 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 feelings and how you you your feelings and your shame has a link to your addiction. Mm. Because mm. most times people who um, people who are traveling from broken home mm. tend to stand the greatest chance of trying to find solace in a substance or in a behavior mm. that they will now end up being addicted to. 
at the end of the day. Mm. And then another step, the second step I, I believe is um, that will lead you to the path of healing is um, making amends and letting go. Mm. Making amends People fail to understand that bearing this feeling with substance abuse will never lead to wholeness. Mm. You're mm-hmm. trying to cover up something that doesn't want to be covered. Mm-hmm. Because it, the wound is there. Mm. It is healed. It's the same thing with what I just gave you. I just cited an example of my schoolmates then. Yeah. Who did not even try to manage, you know. Mm-hmm. But as long as that cotton will remain in that girl's stomach, it's not there was absolutely yeah. nothing they could do about it. Mm-hmm. They tried to manage it. Yes. Did it change it? No, it didn't. It made her feel better at that moment. But then it didn't change it. Mm. And I know that the longer that has, that would have stayed in her tongue, the more harm it would have been causing to her. For her, yeah, for her system. Mm. Yes, yeah, so you need to also acknowledge that people around you are not perfect. Probably if you're going through, if you became an addict because um, of some hurt you felt, apologize to yourself on that person's behalf and move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody is worth taking such a major part of your life is mm-hmm. so me I've learned how to apologize to myself on behalf of people mm. and I always tell people that you should do things okay because people will hurt you some won't even know they hurt you and some won't even give a damn even when they know mm. so you apologize to yourself because of how much you love yourself and then you move on. Mm. You know, acknowledge what's lost. Don't try to cover up for what has been lost. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that, yes, this has happened. Mm-hmm. This has happened. I need to go, but I move on. Mm. Okay. I refuse to let this thing tie me down. I move on. You need to talk to yourself. Mm. And that leads me to my next point, which is be kind to yourself. Love yourself. See? Even the Bible tells us that you should love your neighbor as yourself, which means you have to first of all love yourself. Mm-hmm. So, when you love yourself, you should treat yourself well. Say nice things to yourself. Appreciate yourself. Focus on your strengths. Mm-hmm. You focus on the project. Mm-hmm. When you focus on your weaknesses, you project your weaknesses more. Mm-hmm. Focus less on your addiction. Mm-hmm. Focus more less on your shame. Mm. This might have happened, but I know I am a strong woman. I know I am a strong man. Mm. I know I am beautiful in and out. I know I. You can search yourself because if you love yourself, you will search yourself. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, so acknowledge, yeah. let go, love yourself. You know, it's it's you're just opening up pages. You're opening up pages. <laughs> this is so mind blowing all right so i have just two more questions yeah and then i have i have i have yeah and then when you've done all this Mm -hmm. you should try to find a safe space don't remain in that same environment that has hurt you or that hasn't added any value to you Mm. find a safe place it could be in a family member it could be in a friend it could be in a professional counselor Mm. but find a safe space to unpack Mm. Sometimes mm. you don't need someone to pour out your heart to. Mm. And that's why sometimes I have some 
try and two come to me and I just let them talk. For two hours they are talking alone. Hmm. I don't see where because I know that all what this person needs is just to unpack. I've had people who would come talk, 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 advise themselves by themselves <laughs> in my presence and tell me thank you very much. I'm serious. <laughs> tell me thank you very much and stand up and leave. <laughs> Mm. Why? Because they just needed a safe space. They just needed someone who was not going to judge them at that time. Yeah. They just needed someone to talk to. Mm. You know, but probably they didn't just have um, um, someone around them, maybe a friend or a family member who could do that. Mm. Probably they just knew that this person is going to judge me. Mm. You know, and all that. And then, so when they come and I perceive that, I just let you talk. I just let you unpack. At that point, if you don't ask me anything, I have absolutely nothing to tell you. They cry alone. And in such situations, we don't even get to tell them, okay, stop crying. No, you're unpacking. No, tears is also a therapy. Mm. Yeah, so you have to just let it go. Mm. Just let it go. Mm. You know, you just have to let that person pour it out. It's no weakness to cry. Yeah. It's healing. <laughs> it's wow. healing. So you need to take yourself out of the hiding and put your words in the light. And the next thing is you find yourself tending towards that path. Mm. Because as you pronounce those words, you would meditate on them. And then you just see yourself acting them out mm. at some point. Your life begins to turn towards that direction. Mm. Yeah. So that's it about dealing with shame. Mm. Thank you so so much. Okay, so um, you for final question, what's your advice to people who have loved ones and are struggling with people who have loved ones that are struggling with addiction? What's your what what do you what do you advise them to do? Because you know, I have some people that will talk to me and they will say, oh, um, Toby, I'm I'm tired of this person. I'm I'm this. I'm that. And I'm like. Don't worry, keep pushing. But, you know, as a psychologist, what's your advice to people who are people that are addicted and they don't know how to help them anymore? Okay, if I got you correctly, you're asking of my advice to those who have probably people around them who uh, are addicts, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, I would say... (laughs) Okay, and... Basically, I want everybody to know that addiction can happen to anybody, including you and I. Mm. It may be that someone else might just be addicted to something else, something different from Mm -hmm. you. But the thing is, it can happen to anybody. There's no point looking down on anyone who is an addict or thinking lowly of them mm-hmm. or treating them less than they deserve mm. because they are addicted. Mm. If you were predisposed to the same situation that person was predisposed to, probably you would have suffered the same fate. Mm. So it is not it is not a death sentence either. Mm-hmm. And people should also get to understand that Stigmatizing an addict won't make them any better. Hmm. You would rather make them go back to 
to find solace in that addiction. Because when you hurt them with your words, they will try to find solace in something. Mm. And what will they do? They will go to that thing that gives them pleasure mm. that they really deserve. Mm. So, for the fact you have someone, you know, I told you about a situation we, we handled yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, was, it was quite a tricky one. Because, <laughs> so, some people don't want to go to mental health facilities because they, they because of this um, the fact that, okay, I don't want people to know that my person is suffering this. Wow. I don't want people mm-hmm. to because of, because of um, the fact that a lot of people don't know, people are under-educated about addiction. Mm-hmm. People, yes, especially in this environment, people are undereducated about it and so it's a big big challenge when you hear when you refer someone to a mental health facility or when you when they hear that someone went to a mental health facility the stigma eh ah, they don't look at you like you okay like even in the hospital where i work for instance yeah. mm-hmm. when you don't when you go to the gate and you tell them you're going to the department of behavioral medicine you don't ask any other question again being a military hospital, they are strict, so they want mm-hmm. they, just, they don't just want everybody walking in and out. Mm-hmm. So when you when they ask you, if you want wear rags, when you get to that gate and you they ask you where you're going to, and say Department of Behavioral Medicine, they'll say okay, you can go, ma. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> they will just allow you going because they know ah, this one. You don't know what's going on. You put all in the head. Now we're infected. So yeah, the person just be going ahead. He or she is going to get you or she will get help. You know? But that's always the case. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not only mad people that seek help. I mean, people just start looking at these things this way. So, for the fact that a person is an addict, doesn't make that person any lower than you. The person only has a challenge. It's, it's not it's not a death sentence and yeah. we should treat our loved ones who are suffering addictions with love because the battles they undergo within them are yeah. terrible mm. they undergo they fight a lot of battles mm-hmm. you're fighting yourself by yourself it's very tough mm. the least you can do as a loved one or as a person around an addict is to love them mm. show them love mm-hmm say positive things to them when you do these things see i always tell people watch you what you what you what you keep on pronouncing the project mm. and that's why i i am always cautious of the fact that parents should stop calling their children idiots mm-hmm. you know you're you're you're, you're insulting this and you're calling this person this name because that is part of the person that you're projecting more. Especially when you're such a significant figure in that person's life as mm-hmm. a parent or a sibling or a close friend. Mm-hmm. When you say such things, you hurt them. And that's why we've had so many cases of addicts who committed suicide. Sometimes we would say that it is a substance that kills them. No, they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. A good number of times they kill themselves, but these things are covered up by saying that because that it is substance and feeling that kills them. And that's because they feel worthless. Mm. Because even their loved ones, even the people around them who are supposed to be their loved ones, mm. did not 
play their role of showing them love. Do you know there are times when an addict is going through so much, they've lost hope, they've lost, lost faith in themselves, mm-hmm. but because of the kind words of a loved one, sometimes they just keep trying to get better because they want to make their loved one happy. Because mm. they know that someone somewhere believes in me. Mm. And most times when the loved ones of an addict fail them and the addict probably commits suicide, mm-hmm. it is after this irre- irreversible act of suicide has been done that mm. you will now see that um, the their loved ones begin to regret and they begin to wish they had treated the deceased better. Mm. But you know at this point there is little or not there's nothing you can do. And most times when they get to that point, what they do is they get depressed. Mm. <laughs> and when the person gets very severe because they don't even they themselves they don't even believe in mental health treatment. Mm. They would try to hide these things, cover it up and then this depression begins to progress. Mm-hmm. And then probably sometimes they will now decide to they themselves find solutions some substance or some activity that would now be destroying their own life. Mm. You know. And then that is how mental health problems, mental health challenges now keep on keep continuing in that circle. Mm. You know. So if people are educated more on this thing, which I really hope they would one day, mm. I, I I believe that we would treat our uh addicts better. Mm. So we help them. One one person around us is challenged. Mm-hmm. We all are. Yeah. All we need to do is help that person get better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. So basically, just loving people the way they are. Basically, educating people about what addiction is, and because you know, I, I once told somebody that. Why some people are doing what they're doing is because they don't even know what they're doing is wrong. It just turns out that the environment that they grew up in um, happens to be culturally acceptable. It happens to be culturally acceptable for them to behave in the manner that they're behaving. So, like the place Miss Doreen talked about now, she said in that environment, it's very uncommon for you not to involve in drugs because of the kind of communication you have with other people peer pressure and the rest of it so it seems natural there's some things that are natural to some people and then so when people begin to run crazy they begin to go crazy because of consuming drugs or they begin to act no you know abnormally because they're taking in alcohol they some people do not know especially for teenagers so um I hope we got a lot from everything Ms. Doreen said regarding shame, regarding not managing shame because you don't actually manage shame and just getting out of yourself and really loving the people that are addicted and not exactly stigmatizing them. You know, I wish we had enough time to really um, talk about everything she said, but I think I was able to call a whole lot. She, she talked about a very long story, pretty much exciting by the way. and. About someone that is not mentally okay because of the number of drugs he has consumed and he got clean but his mental health still had a lot of issues it's a very it's a long story but I, I want to believe that you were blessed and you received a lot of understanding you know 
quickly, I think I should finish that story, but quickly, people began to stigmatize him, and before, before you know, before anything, you know, people began to talk about him, that it's not okay, they began to take advantage of him, but she being a psychologist, each time she met with a person on the street, or, he wasn't exactly crazy, he was fine, but he still had reaction to his mental health issues, so, she, having gotten herself involved with um, other people, other patients, she was able to help him out. And I, I want to believe that, you know, those are the things that we should do. We don't always have to be a professional before we say we want to help a person out. Stigmatizing them even before they come closer makes them want to run away. Be a safe place for someone. You know, be a safe place for someone. And you, that you're feeling ashamed about what's going on if you still want to talk to me make me your accountability partner please let me know send me an email send me a text message on whatsapp i do not mind um but that is all i have for this week's episode i really love you so so much and please if you're going to contact me because i think somebody might have contacted me without introducing themselves and where they know me from so it sort of felt a bit weird <laughs> please if you're going to contact me just state your name where you're calling me from or where you're texting me from and how you got to know me i think that would be a fantastic idea but if you do not do all of those i might not necessarily uh, i'll be warm with you but i i, I won't know which talking to me <laughs> and please state your name it's very important all right thank you so much that's all for this week's episode i love you guys so so much catch you guys next week we're going to be talking about something really exciting and i hope you're up for grabs ciao